This week on Ultra 64, we're having a party at the end of the world. A Mario party, that is. Because we're playing Mario Party 3, y'all. Welcome everyone to Ultra 64. We are the internet's comprehensive Nintendo 64 podcast. Each and every week we are playing a different randomly selected game from the Nintendo 64 catalog. And we are playing it no matter what the (laughs) weather or the world wants to try and do to us. My name is Steve Guntling. Hello, this is the first podcast recorded live inside of Nintendo 64 Fog. (laughs) Um, I am Woody Siskowski. I'm looking out the window to just... Very bad draw distance out there. Oh, man. Look, so look at terrible. that. Look at the pop up of the mountains there. Uh, and who is joining us for this Mario Party party? Hey, it's Rosie Crow. And Dan Reese. And Rosie, uh, Woody stole my joke. I was I was oh. making it. You heard it earlier yeah, today. You got it. You got to be faster. With I the made jokes. a draw distance joke earlier today. It wasn't captured on audio for the podcast <laughs> listeners, but I just want to edit. Hang on. I'm, I'm looping in my lawyer on this. Steve, Steve re-edit the podcast so we introduce Dan first. And then it sounds like I stole his joke. Yeah, important. Well, uh, as many of you may have ascertained, uh, we are in a bit of a weird situation here. So Mario Party 3 is one that we've kind of been putting off for a while because uh, I think Mario Party, by its very nature, re- facilit- requires some uh, in-person contact. Well, unless you're like little little kid Rosie, and that's the game that you own, <laughs> and you're just going to play one-player Mario sure. Party. Exactly. Oh, you were the one. Okay. What are but, you gonna do? Yeah. So we've we've been kind of putting it off, hoping that the pandemic would die down enough. And then when the pandemic did die down enough, where we were comfortable to socially distance play outside, uh, the world caught on fire, and our entire atmosphere on the west coast here is shrouded in smoke. We're all safe, to be clear, but our air quality is uh, not great right now. So we had the very unique experience of playing. Mario Party outside on a projector screen wearing masks to protect us from both a pandemic mm-hmm. and massive fire. It seems that somebody up there does not want us to play this game, but as our slogan has said since the very first episode, Ultra 64, we stand in defiance of God. Yeah. So neither neither rain nor sleet nor disease nor smoke, Ultra 64. Mm-hmm. I got to say despite uh despite playing outside in the smoke in the dark with a mask on, this might have been the best time I ever had playing Mario Party. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Weirdly, I'm wondering maybe if the extre- the extremity of the circumstances uh, made it seem a little sweeter than than it would otherwise. Like this was a hard fought Mario Party session. <laughs> yeah, it was like, God damn it, we're having a Mario Party, <laughs> and my brain is going to reward me with the endorphins I require. <laughs> so yes. We are closing out our Mario Party saga here on the Nintendo 64. We have, uh, uh, Dan and Rosie have been here since the beginning. We first recorded our first Mario Party episode almost three years ago, which is insane. Can we call this the bitter end? This is is the bitterest. Actually, I think the bitter end will be when I force you guys to play South Park Chef's Love Shack. (laughs) I'm down. That's kind of a a nasty little pill as a coda for uh, for all this uh, fun experience. But yeah, we've been, uh, this has been the crew the entire time. So Woody was the winner of our first game and the winner of our second game. So we'll see if we can get some kind of upset going on here. But oh, wow. uh, I hope that you wrote down who won, Steve. <laughs> I, I do remember who won. Yeah. 
I remember who won. We're good there. Okay, it is good. that is a funny thing about Mario Party is it, it elicits such strong responses in in game, and then when someone wins, you kind of just immediately blank. Yeah, because yeah. it, it, it doesn't so matter arbitrary. at all. It, it felt so important at the moment. Yeah. But yeah. Well, let's get into the details of this game. Mario Party Three was released May seventh in two thousand one, developed by Hudson Soft and published by Nintendo. And of course, this is an N sixty four exclusive. This is, once again, another late-release game that sold quite well. Uh, this is the 25th best-selling game on the system, 1.9 million units. That's just under Excitebike 64, so not a bad position to be in. Uh, just above one of the wrestling games, WCW NWO Revenge, which I do not remember. <laughs> um, it is still one of the lowest-selling main games in the series. Uh, the only game that sold less than this was Mario Party 6 and the GameCube. Uh, if you're not counting the handheld versions, which does anybody count the handheld versions of Mario Party? I only the only no. Mario Party I count is the e-reader Mario Party, mm. which is like a card Ooh. game that you have to play with the e-reader cards, and then you swipe them to play your mini games on your Game Boy Advance. Man, what a it's, great device that yeah, was! It's Let's, a lot of you think this was a lot of effort to make a Mario Party happen. <laughs> that one puts it to shame. Oh I'm putting God. it out on the Patreon for people to suggest that you play that as a bonus <laughs> yeah. episode oh to punish God. you. I still own it. I yeah. Think. Yeah, I bet we could we could try scanning that. those e-reader cards is a real pleasure. Oh, if man. you thought Mario Party was slow, it's like wait until we add a scanning element. <laughs> so yes. for, the hand, for the handheld versions, do they like link up with one another, or do you just play like sad Rosie baby? <laughs> oh. G- GBA, you could you I could think do they a link all cable, were able to link up, and then yes. there. I don't know. There was a, the most recent one was a. Uh, it was just a collection of mini games on the 3DS, and I don't know if that's multiplayer. I'm sure. I I'm it sure is. it is. Yeah. But uh, no one really played that one either. The handheld ones, they just don't count. You don't know? have that same that same experience. I mean, I I imagine that a lot of the reasons that this game didn't sell that well is just because it came out very late in the yeah. console. Oh, um, yeah, yeah. That's, that's largely it. But also, this game made a lot of pretty big changes to the Mario Party formula, a lot of which never came back after this game. So they've been a little bit divisive. Hmm. Um, I think the most important new, new feature, and I think we can all agree on this, is that now we have three save slots, oh, yeah. which oh, I yeah. think we can yeah. all agree makes all the difference because we well, can go back, play we can check story progress. Mode. Yeah, oh, yeah. Once, once you've unlocked all of the mini games and so there's no more question marks, you want to restart and, yeah, and play honestly. through it all again, but you yeah. don't want to lose that initial save slot. You, well, you can, we, to... can we at least acknowledge that on the version that you had, Steve, uh, it did allow oh, yeah. us to have two different spellings of the name Bobby? That's true. I, yeah, we, I like to imagine that Bo- Bobby put his name in, realized that he had misspelled his own name, and then proceed to start a new game uh, on the second slave slot, the first one. not a race. He couldn't figure out how to erase the first one, so he started a new game under Bobby. How do we know one. that B zero B B Y isn't <laughs> his identical twin brother? Who like they didn't want to they didn't want to mix up no, their that, names. That is, that's his robot clone B zero B B Y. It's Elon Musk's kid. Yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, yeah so a couple of the other, I think one of the other big features we should talk about is that this game has a one player story mode with a plot and everything. Oh. Yeah. And guess what? I copied that plot exactly from the manual so we can know what kind of madness we're dealing with here. Okay. Let's relive so, the memories. In the center of a vast universe, a remarkably bright star was born. That star's name, Steve Gutenberg. <laughs> it is a star that is born only once in a thousand years, the Millennium Star. According to legend, whoever possessed the mystical star was destined to become superstar of the universe. Of course mm-hmm. you are. Mm-hmm. Uh, however, since the Millennium Star was but a newborn, it fell from the starry sky. 
Around that time, Mario and his friends were all happily relaxing when suddenly the Millennium Star came crashing down. Mario and his friends soon began, began arguing over who should keep the Millennium Star. Suddenly, the Millennium Star gave off a brilliant fla brilliantly bright flash of light. And with that bright flash, Mario and his friends were transported inside a toy box. Sure. <laughs> Greetings, I am the Millennium Star. You must pass my test to prove you are worthy of possessing me. You must journey across many lands and collect the seven star stamps. If you can collect all seven, I shall accept you as the top superstar of the universe. And that's the story. <laughs> they, you'd think they would have figured this shit out. Because, like, the first Mario Party, they are arguing about who the superstar is. Yeah. All, they clearly, all Mario Parties are argument-based. Yeah, but they yeah. clearly come really to some resolution, No, it makes right? so much sense because Mario Party inspires arguments mm. among friends. It is yeah. an argument. That is a good point. It's a meta-commentary. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I was struck. I mean, firstly, it's like a pretty grim thing. It's like, oh, this this newborn fell to Earth. Let's argue over who gets to keep it. <laughs> who gets to own it? Yeah, who a gets to it A newborn with a mustache. He's yeah, supposed to be newborn, but he looks like an old man star. Well, stars age differently. They're I like, guess so. Uh, <laughs> Benjamin like Button star. Yeah, exactly. That what? Adam Sandler movie where he's really big. Oh, sure. <laughs> big. The, yeah, the, exactly. Yeah, Adam Sandler's big. Yeah, big, yeah. Big trouble. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, that's the story. Yeah, it's basically you play through. Uh, Is it the a, same star as from Paper Mario? I, I don't think, think it was I, the exact same one. I don't remember that one having a mustache. No, there was one star with a mustache. A mustache star in Paper Mario, but it was like a little stubby golden star. I okay, feel like of a big in the beginning, uh, the intro sequence that I didn't pay a lot of attention to. <laughs> it was a very Paper Mario aesthetic. Yeah, yeah, it's leaning into that, and I think. Every Mario branded game that came out around this time kind of borrowed a little bit of that because Dr. Mario uses mm. the Paper Mario thing, too. It, I mean, it ages very well. It does. It looks great. Um, yeah, so that's kind of the big thing. And I haven't really experienced single player mode on this. I didn't really bother. But Rosie, have you played single player mode on this one? I mean, yes, but also <laughs> I was however old. Let's see. In 2000. Rosie, reach, reach back 13 years ago. <laughs> yeah, I remember was 13 and or 12. Paint us a picture those. with emotions. <laughs> yeah, and it's like all of these Mario Party games, these things blend together in my mind after yeah. I play them two days later. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like, let alone 13 years ago. And the story mode sounds exactly like the normal party mode. <laughs> like it's it the is. same. Like there's no like unique element no, to it at all to, for it to. I stand mean, you out. have to play through all the boards in order, right? Right, so, and now you're playing with uh, computer controlled characters, which is never going to be as fun because right. they take way longer to take their turn. <laughs> so it's just my normal life. Okay, cool. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right. Some of the other new features here. Uh, we have dual mode, uh, which is a very unique different take on it. And uh, I actually went to an outside source because Nicole Batiste, my wife, who's been on all of these Mario Party episodes. She, she, did, she did play this one. She did her. play with us, yeah. but she did have to work before the recording. So she and I jumped in and played a little bit of battle mode, which is or a dual player mode. mode or dual mode. See, I kept calling it battle mode. Which on is the very other confusing too. because the regular one is battle mode. But uh, let's hear what we had to think of uh, Mario Party 3's dual mode. <laughs> Hello, everyone. I'm jumping in here real quick. Uh, one of our esteemed guests could not join us during the regular recording, so uh, please say hello to Nicole Batiste. Hello, Nicole. Hello. Nicole is jumping in to help me talk a little bit about the two-player battle mode, or dual mode, excuse me, dual mode in Mario Party 3, which we didn't have a chance to get to when we were all playing as a group. But uh, good news, you and I live in the same house, so we can make some of these schedule things work sometimes. 
Yes, we can. Works out well. Works out well. All right. So we jumped in and we played some battle mode. Firstly, I would like to say, Nicole, you acquitted yourself very well in the main Mario Party 3 game when we were playing. I thought you did quite well. Oh, yes. I finished fourth. You did. It was wonderful. But it was a dignified fourth. It was a very strong, happy fourth. I did win a couple mini games, which is kind of a feat for me. You did. And you won like some of the most, like the coin challenges you were really good at. Like you seemed to stay alive and get all the coins when everybody was like trying to get no coins. No one's worried about me. No one's worried about Exactly. <laughs> See, you're stealthy like that. You sneak up on people. So we played the two-player dual mode in this Mario Party 3, a, a mode I don't think ever came back in the series. Uh, and this this one's an odd bird, right? This is kind of like a totally different game than I was expecting. Like I just thought, two-player Mario Party, but this is like a different game. Yeah, I kind of, I, well, we'll talk about this more, but I really liked that it had a different way of winning. It wasn't just like, I mean, it did have a turn, but you could either do 20 or infinity. And at first I didn't really understand that, but then once we played, it made a lot more sense. Doesn't infinite Mario Party sound like a nightmare? It does. Like just a never-ending Mario Party game? Oh my God, that sounds horrible. But this moves pretty (laughs) fast. This moves at a decent clip. All right, so the kind of the thrust of dual mode is, uh, of course, you're only two players, and instead of battling each other for stars, you are trying to wear down the other players' hearts. They have uh, uh, five heart pieces. You're trying to wear them down to zero and defeat them that way. The twist is you don't attack anybody directly. You only attack people with one of your partners. I think you have one of about a dozen partners that you can get, and uh, that's kind of how the game proceeds. Like... This kind of reminded me in a weird way of Hero Clicks, which I used to play a lot. And I know I made Nicole play more times than she wanted to. But like, it's like a strategy RPG. Like, I was thinking about Pokemon, actually. A little bit of Pokemon as well. Yeah, because each character, each little partner character has their own stats. They have their own little moves that they can do. And they're all kind of balanced like that. And they're all going to have different abilities depending on whether you put them in front of you or behind you. So... Yeah, so you get, we get five different dual-mode maps, which are different than the main ones. They're much simpler. We get some different spaces here, right? There's, like, blank spaces, and if you land on them, you can fill them in with your own face. There's... What else is there? There's, like, a re- reverse space to go backwards. There's a game guy space again. That guy's coming back, that jerk. There's a mini-game space, so you don't do a mini-game every time, so it's not as mini-game-driven. That's the thing, too, yeah. So, like, that infinite game mode is not as onerous as it sounds because you're not stopping every two turns to play a mini-game. It's just every once in a while. Uh, We get a new character. We get a a guy named Belltop, who is uh, kind of related to the adorable Dice Man Tumble in that he has a bell for a head, and every time you walk past him, he hits himself in the head... (laughs) Until he can't take it no more. Hey, when he gets down to zero, he drags both players to that square of the map to participate in the mini game. Is that right? I think so. Okay, we I think I was understanding that, that. Did we? I don't think we had that ever came up for yeah. us. But um, yeah, and then uh, yeah, game guy spaces, mini game spaces. I think we covered all that. And then each map is going to have its own little gimmicks. We played a, a map called Pipe Squeak, which has just a bunch of pipes in it that you can zip around to. Um, And so each player has their own square that they start and end from. So you have to go around to that same square, like either red or blue, for a lap, correct? Yes. And then you, you, when you make that lap, when you land on that main star, you get to pick a new partner. So you can have up to two at any given time. It's best to have one in front of you and one behind you. So like, all right, so how did this go for us? How, what, what was your, who was your first partner? I forget. 
Oh. You took the, did you take the Koopa or you took the, I don't know. I took the Goomba the first time. The Goomba's I, kind of. Yeah, I'm sorry. I don't remember yeah. all their names. So it's kind of. That's okay. I don't remember what it looked like. Yeah. I I'm lost trying, it really quickly. You so. did. That's the thing. They cycle out pretty quickly. Uh, so each character is going to have three stats that you need to pay attention to. There's attack, there's stamina, and there's salary. So you're paying your partners to do all your assassinations for you. Uh, very grim, actually. Again, with like first the main story is very dark about pe- a bunch of friends like fighting to control a living being, and then <laughs> this mode you're paying uh, different uh, underlings to assassinate each other. But all of the partner characters in this are like Mario bad guys, right? Except Toad, but like they're all kind of like supporting player Mario characters. Yeah. So like you get a Goomba, you get a, a Koopa, you get a Boo, you get a, a Bowser. Thwomp Bowser, a little baby Bowser. Yeah, yeah. And each one does a different thing. So, like, the Koopa doesn't attack very well, but it has the the nice hard shell on it, so it's a good defense character to put behind you. Um, but you can also be attacked from the front, though. So that could be that can get mixed up a little bit as well. But like, and then like the Goomba is kind of an all around good like uh, attacking character. And what did they say about Toad? Is like the the childish something? Like, yeah, he was just a one <laughs> on everything, so he wasn't really great at e- either thing. So it's just. Yeah, but he's cheap as well. So like, that's the thing. Each turn you have to pay a salary. uh, And so the the higher level bruiser characters like your piranha plants or your chain chomps, those are going to cost like three to five coins per turn, while a a Goomba or a Toad is going to cost one. And uh, yeah, basically you attack each other by uh, passing one another's spaces. And uh, I I got pretty lucky with the pipes because they kept looping me like right around behind you and you just didn't happen to have a rear defense guy. So I my Goomba yeah. kind of walked all my, over a little my bit. My other guy had had a power up too. So it was really <laughs> distressing. I was like, he, he would be killing you. I know. You, <laughs> the you, other way. You get like two power ups in a row. Like, so you and have I this little snowman guy and the snowman guy has a ranged attack. Uh, and like, but you still, yeah, you didn't get a chance to use them at all. And I think it's just because I'm so good at this game. Like, Really, really good, and luck didn't have anything to do with so it. so much strategy involved because you knew just where the pipes would take you. I knew exactly where, and I do we, think... We the, didn't even look at the map at all. No, no, we didn't. <laughs> the, the option was there. We just were lax in our duties of, uh, of using the map on there. Um, I don't know. This, this was a, It's a very different mode, like, and like you said, it decentralizes minigames a lot. You got a couple of Game Guy ones that you frustratingly came out on top of every time. <laughs> Like I kept waiting for somebody to just really get screwed over by this game guy square and it didn't happen to anybody. You actually walked away very prosperous. I know. Yeah. I just doubled my money every time. It Ugh. was very nice. <laughs> yeah. I got to take you to a casino or something. I think you're, you're lucky in that sense. I'm I, not. I, well, those are closed right now. So uh, that would true. be difficult. It's true. It's true. Let's start our casino. Let's, Great idea. let's gamble with the dogs who are all in this room, by the way, right? And usually we kick the dogs out for recording, but right now, both dogs and a cat are in here. Uh, so if you hear chewing sounds, that's uh, Nicole uh, <laughs> chewing on one of the dogs. Yes. But yes, anyway, battle of uh, dual mode. Um, I, I kind of enjoy dual mode. I don't know. It, it, it You weren't on this episode, but one of our Beyond 64 episodes, we talked about a game called Coldcept, which is like a mashup of Mario Party, Monopoly, and like RPGs. And this kind of felt like a little baby version of Coldcept to me in a, in a really fun way. Like... Yeah. It's fast and it's short and uh you can you can kind of play it as long as you want to, really. Yeah. But this is probably something I'd I'd 
play over Mario Party, other than it's just two of you. Oh, yeah. Imagine this with four. You'd be, like, colliding with people all the time. It'd be just battle after battle. Yeah. Wouldn't be as fun, I don't think. It is nice that they have something optimized in this game. There's, like, a one-player mode, there's a two-player mode, and there's a four-player mode. Like, it's all... And they're they're all feel like pretty different games. So I don't know. I was pretty impressed by that. Um, do you have anything else you want to say about du- dual mode? Um, Other than Quantum loudly burping on the floor. <laughs> no, I I don't think so. I did like it though. It was it was interesting. It was very timely. Yeah. You know, it like Mario Party. The problem is it always takes so long. You're just sitting there waiting for animations. Even this one, which you guys probably will, I don't know if this is going to be before or after, but it, yeah. it, it was better than previous versions, but it's still tedious. And this yeah. one didn't feel tedious at all. No, no. I mean, it definitely, the uh, the tutorial mode was very long because it, it took us through every single uh, partner character and like showed us their animations and shows exactly how they do it. Like they all got their own little intro and which was nice to know, but also I'm like, I'm not remembering any of this. Yeah. It helped a little bit, but we'd kind of be like, Oh, maybe we'll put that one behind, but then it didn't matter because people could go reverse. So it didn't really matter which one was in front versus in back. Which yeah. Just, yeah. <laughs> and don't take my word for it, but I don't think this ever came back in Mario party. And that's a shame because I think this was a fun little mode and uh, it's, it's a good way to maximize your, value if you only have two play two players around um well thank you nicole for stopping in and uh, uh i'm so i'm glad we got to squeeze you in at least a little bit even though you're working during the actual recording but yes <laughs> thank you for playing both modes you were here for both modes uh for for main four player mario party and for two player mario party and uh i'm happy to say i whooped your butt both times i'm just i really really uh devastating honestly <laughs> This better play after the after the episode because uh, <laughs> you just gave away the ending. <laughs> Whoopsie. The twist. The twist ending. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everybody. We are back to the regular show now. Thank you. Thanks. Yeah. And we're back. <laughs> wow. Whoa. That was so bad. What a journey we went <laughs> so on good. together. Thank uh, you. So Thank just you both. To- Okay, so just so I'm clear, because we didn't actually wait to hear Steve play that recording right then. <laughs> no, oh, we did not. So, magic. Uh, podcast magic. You're, you're, you're totally dispelling the myth Is here. that it? Was that a two-player exclusive only mode? It's a, it's a okay. two-player exclusive mode. You can only do that. And uh, as you heard, it's very different and unique in a tantalizing way that our guests here will never, ever be able to imagine. Well, now I'm actually inspired to listen to the podcast that I've been on a <laughs> some episodes. It's about time. Yeah, yeah, I think. I mean, I think that that's cool that they make a specific uh, mode for two players. Yeah, and it's it's a dramatically different game. It's like a, it's a whole different little things, game. In things there, really so. do slow down when uh, computers get involved. And all Mario parties, you need at least four people, whether they be human or computer brains. Yes, Watsons. In, in a big way. Uh, one of the less popular new features that this game added was the game guy space. So I now... Love it. <laughs> As you're making your, yeah, Rosie obviously loves it. It actually worked out for Nicole too when we were playing uh, dual mode because she hit two game guy spaces and made off like a bandit. So nice. it may not be as onerous as it sounds, but well, I mean, according to people not liking it, it's just the people who posted on forums you happen to be reading about sure. when you were researching this game. It's right? true. It's, it's true. Yeah. We haven't done like a well, canvassing of the neighborhood. It was. It was <laughs> more. Like, excuse me. How many people live in your household? Okay. Um and. What do you think about the Mario Party 3 game guy? 
Well, you know, I, I, I liked him in his first couple of years. Never mind. Uh, but uh, yeah, no. The, so the game guy, basically, if you land on him, you are forced into a luck-based mini game against a shy guy. Basically, you're playing a casino game. You have to give up all of your coins, but you have the opportunity to double that. Or in some rare instances, you can let it ride. You can keep betting and keep trying and like you can you can win as many coins as you can so wow. like one of the mo- one of the games you play is like two treasure chests will appear toad is in one of them baby bowser's in the other mm. you have to pick which one is toad you have a 50 50 shot i mean they're just straight up gambling there's straight up gambling and you can it's just good you know, to and teach kids early you know <laughs> the one where rosie made out like a bandit was uh kind of like a blackjack sort of thing where you and the game guy have to roll dice to take steps up a platform. The first person to make it to seven, like if you make it to seven, you win 10 times your money. But the goal is to basically be on a higher step than the game guy. But I will say statistically, if you roll two dice, seven is the most likely number that you are going to get. Mm-hmm. So it does was work in your favor. So Rosie ended up with 300 coins. Yes. I, I think it's the I've most I've seen. ever seen in Mario Party. <laughs> I've never seen that many coins in a Mario Party game. That's ridiculous. It did not well, result in No, winning, it doesn't but... matter. But <laughs> yeah. I think it's good to point out here, too, that I was, I, I was the one that chose to make Rosie oh, yeah, do thank that you. Game. I did it in order to dick her over, and it, oh, sure. it, I shot Instead, myself. Instead, I got three hundred coins. Well, that's yeah. that's a little segue I want to take here. Of this game has an absolute ton of items. Yeah, in yeah. It. Like, like to like review all items during yeah, the game. It takes about five minutes to scroll through the items. Yeah, um, and get the explanations for what they all do. And, you know, some of them are more interesting than others. There's the same ones we've seen in all the Mario parties, the mushrooms that you let you roll extra dice or slow other people down, I believe, yeah. in the previous ones as well. Um, there's, I, I feel like a lot of it sort of just comes down to getting that magic lamp. Yeah. Because, like, in oh, all, yeah. all the Mario parties... Um, you know, the star is located somewhere. It's all about getting that star. And the lamp just costs you 20 coins, but you buy it and it takes you directly to the star, which then you can buy for another 20 coins. Yeah. And so you just, my, my strategy is basically go to store, buy lamp. And if they don't have lamp, buy the cell phone that lets you call the store <laughs> and then hope that they have the lamp. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> it's like all the, I don't know. It's like, I like all, it's neat that they have so many items, but a lot of them just seem very superfluous when, like the lamp makes you win and yeah. the other ones are like call a shy guy down on someone or like be a, get in a bowser suit so you can take coins from people you run into yeah. or randomly swap blocks with someone oh yeah that one's oh, no yeah. fun yeah the or- whole game gives you um like you know at christmas when there'd be a hot toy like what do you like goes to the store he's like do you have the lamp no wait <laughs> give me the cell phone so i can call you later about the lamp like yeah Unless it's Tickle Me Elmo, when he doesn't give a shit about the other yeah. items. <laughs> or, like, I just, I just feel like experience. it's not, it's just not super well balanced because it is fun no. that they are all there. There's, they, they, like, you might want to get the Boo Bell if you had a ton of coins because you can steal a star from someone else. Yeah, yeah. But it's like all Mario Party is always just so dependent on get star, yeah. get star. Yeah. That, like, game balance everything... has never been an element of Mario Party. <laughs> yeah, but it's like everything else like contributes to coinage and like coin just matters so little. It really does. Until, you know, you get to the end and it's just like, who got the most coins? Here's a random star for being (laughs) you. Well, I'm glad that that's there. Like I, I really appreciate that you at least get one or two stars from winning, uh, winning mini games and getting coins. But some of the, that, and again, like people, we've talked about this on other Mario, Mario party episodes, but like the frustration of it comes from, 
getting stars for things you had no control over at the end like sure. who landed on that happening star the most or who landed <laughs> on the most blue squares or something like things that are just completely out of your control that can flip the balance of the game sure. completely that's when things get really frustrating but we didn't really have that experience this time no luckily. i mean every game of mario party regardless of the numerical number in the series you're playing <laughs> is uh, a crapshoot in quality yes you're gonna have you're gonna have fun mario parties and you're gonna have real frustrating mm-hmm. mario parties and for whatever reason the roll of the dice came out to this one was a lot of fun yeah um the it had just the right amount of random crap. Yes. So many of them are built around random crap piled upon random crap. And here, like, Rosie randomly, you know, tri- 10 times her money, which was fun. Or, um, yeah, just like we kept getting knocked back by this mine cart that was oh. going through the level. And yeah. that was kind of, that was, I guess, the most annoying thing. But usually it was just kind of a waste of our time. Right. Yeah. I mean, I think. Oh, go ahead. Steve. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, I think the, possibly the key to fun was like, and it, I, we can't really confirm this, but it really felt like the animations were faster. And like, yeah, the we, we had just been playing the GameCube ones. Yeah. yeah. And, and they're so slow. Yeah, like we, when the guys hit, you know, you jump up and hit that dice block, they really move through the level pretty quick. Yeah. And there's not like a, there is a decent amount of sort of crap that slows you down along the way, but it just didn't feel nearly as much as some of the later games in the series. Yeah, I mean, those... I got the Switch game to play by myself mm-hmm. <laughs> in traditional <laughs> fashion. Sure. And I was, it's been a little bit of a slog because I'm like, wow, this, I'm, I forgot how long I have to watch Waluigi computer do yeah. his stuff. And like, it's rough. But I mean, you, I'm still you, playing you mean it. How long you get to watch while you do his <laughs> yeah, stuff? You want that camera to pan right I down just, behind him? Oh, I yeah. really just want to highlight that that the consensus of the group is that having to play this game for less amount of time is more appealing. Yes, yeah. Less well, time spent playing this game, the more more fun you're going to have. I more more specifically, negative. like this game takes so long to actually get where you want to go. Like all the Mario parties, like the rolling of the dice and moving around the board. Yeah. Like I don't, once you have some control and interaction with the game, I have a nice time. It's just like, how long is it going to take of like you going by the thwomp? And he's like, Hey, I'll move. If you give me a mushroom and you're like, yeah. I, why do you have to tell me that every time? Yeah. Every time. I don't even have a mushroom. Just, or, or the magic yeah. genie, uh, uh, the mushroom genie animation that goes oh, on man. so long. No, don't don't badmouth mushroom yeah, cadaver. I mean, oh, mushroom cadaver or abracafungus or, or yeah. fungus pocus. That yeah, was it was it. fungus pocus and mushroom cadaver. Mushroom cadaver. This is going to be uh, Rosie and Dan's uh, ha- couple Halloween costume. Yeah, is the, yeah. the mushroom genie and female mushroom genie. I want to yeah, see what this was happen, her name. I can't her, remember. Her, her name was so Genie. Rare. It was oh, just yeah, Genie. Yeah. yeah. And there's so another. Yeah, because yeah, there's a different magic. Like, again, talking about how many items are in this so game, there's a different magic lamp that rather than taking you to the star, simply shuffles where the star is. Right. Which That's you good. kind of would only buy to dick someone else over. <laughs> pretty much. But, pretty much. Um, some of the new characters here. Uh, so Princess Daisy is always an exciting choice to, uh, to be added to the roster here. And, of course, the return of the sexual dynamo himself, Waluigi, making his <laughs> grand return to the N64 after his debut in Mario Tennis. Uh, so these two are the only two new characters, and weirdly, you do not get to play as them in story mode. Uh, they're only NPCs in mm. story mode. There is wow. a new character, though, who you don't play as. 
No, oh there's my. a couple of adorable little NPCs, uh, one of which, wh- who I'm going to get tattooed on me at some point, <laughs> is Good. a little guy named Tumble. He's a little, like, mushroom-dice hybrid man, yeah. and he's adorable. Yeah, he kind of looks like a toad, but with a die on his head it's, instead of a mushroom. It's super cute. And then in battle mode, or du- dual mode, God, I keep doing that, <laughs> dual mode, you get to meet a character named Belltop, which is basically a big toad with a giant, like, uh, timer bell on its head. Every time you walk past it, he hits himself in the head until it counts down a little further. And if you get to one, he brings everybody back to his space and you have to do a dual mini game. Oh, okay. Uh, but he's like a gigantic toad as well. He's like bigger than anything else on the map. So think like an arcade ca- or like a uh, pinball cabinet with like a big oversized figure in the middle of everything. That's fun. That's belt up. I think that uh, Toad was kind of your MC in Mario Party 1 and 2. Yeah. But uh, he's he's not here. He just runs the store um, and sells goods. And then sometimes the Baby Bowser store comes up who sells evil goods. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Rosie, who's the uh, who's the MC in the Switch Mario Party? Is it? Um, it's a variety of toads, but I think you can play as toad. So they're all like off brand mm. toad, you know, where it's like they don't even have a name, but they're just like toad, but they're in well, blue. All, all toads are toad. Yeah. Right. But what? But toad is both <laughs> a race canon. and an individual. Mm-hmm. Whoa. It's like Smurf. Yeah. 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 It's just like Smurf. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm pretty sure that Tumble, and I'm, I mean, I say I'm pretty sure, I believe. Uh, and will believe uh, until my dying day because this is the only thing that I care about in this game. I think that Toad, I, I, or I think that Tumble is some variety of Toad. Mm. Like, he's like, like a, a mutant. He's like a, a mutant, he's, or he's from some forgotten Toad at, colony where they're very, very inbred. Least. So it it's like morphologically identical to a Toad, except instead of a mushroom head, it's five sides of a six sided die. Exactly. Yeah. Or, or he's like a maybe he's like a Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer situation where like mm. everybody thought he was a freak and now he's like uh, shown his utility in this very very specific party environment. But again, this <laughs> is this is his utility and like he really fits well with the aesthetic of the game. He's really cute. I like having Toad in the game instead of it's the MC. Yeah. And like Tumble doesn't come back. He's, yeah. Where's I, he's Tumble? Not in four. Where's Tumble uh, in Smash Brothers? I yeah, want him. Exactly. Yeah, yeah they got um, everyone else in that game. Yeah, that's I mean, a shame. Isn't, uh, I mean, Waluigi kind of is the forgotten character of the various Mario games. He's, he's right. not forgotten uh, where, in our the, heart. Well, <laughs> that's where's the justice for Tumble? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and maybe it's a maybe it's a similar situation. Like a lot of the reason Waluigi can't be in these other games is because he's owned by Hudson or like by Camelot, uh, oh, the company that, that in, created, created it. Mario Tennis. So like they had basically permission to make a Nintendo character, but he's technically their character. So, so maybe Tumble's the same situation. So like, much like uh, Spider-Man couldn't be in any Marvel uh, Cinematic Universe movies uh, until the yeah, very... They have a, a branch off of Mario Party games <laughs> yeah. where the, for PlayStation where you only play as Tumble and Tumble Universe characters. But he's yeah. DLC. <laughs> DLC coming in 2021, yeah. Um, yeah, all right, let's talk a little bit about our experience with this game here. So, uh, what, what was the level we, we chose kind of like a mine car level. We yeah, went we chose one of the, the harder. High, the high, well, I mean, these all have levels of difficulty ranked from one to three stars, but really like the difficulty just means complexity and sort of random squares that mess, mess up your movement. Mm-hmm. Um, so we did choose the highest complexity one, which is like a creepy cave. Um, I, I thought the levels here all looked fun. Yeah. Like I would have been happy with any of the choices. Um, it is worth saying, and this is perhaps the greatest omission, 
um, is your characters do not have cute outfits in this. Uh, they do not. It's, no, it's that, a bummer. Uh, that's that's really like the defining aspect of Mario Party Two. And like, yeah. Oh, yeah. whenever I think back, like that's the only one that doesn't that stands out in my mind just because you have like a pirate or a cowboy outfit in various levels, which most of the time would not be a selling point. Like I wouldn't notice or care, but like Mm, Mario Party 2, (laughs) Mario Party 2 made a big deal of it and it was like cute and fun. And it, it, it it kind of built into the, it was like a Mario costume party. That's, that's a fun idea. Um, so I cannot like believe a, they haven't brought that back, by the way. Like, why are they flushing money down the toilet? No, well, and, okay, well, and you know what is super crazy? Like, they should really just put something in where, like, you unlock outfits for your characters. Oh my God. And at the start of each Mario Party, you can choose if you want to be, like, Cowboy Peach. There you or, go. And you yeah. can mix and match. It doesn't, it doesn't matter what level you play on. Like, just take my money, Nintendo. Jesus. Yeah, like it like, seems like such a slam. There's so many things that could be put in Mario Party that seem like easy slam dunks, and they're right. just like, don't bother with them. Well, like, I mean, they're Mario. Like, Let's have another game where you tap A. That, yeah. That's what we need. Mario Odyssey <laughs> was like all about costumes and customizing little mm-hmm. costume that's pieces true. and wearing different outfits. Like, it's it's a easy fix to do. So it's weird that it didn't come back. But yeah, so, uh, all right, who did everybody play five, as? There's five levels in this game. There's like a, sorry, just a, before yeah. we totally lose in this. Um, I think there's, the only other one I remember was like a desert and then a, I think a jungle. But they all they all look clean. And we played, yeah, in these dark caves. I yeah. picked Waluigi because someone's got to represent. Obviously. Uh, I think, Rosie, you were Daisy, correct? Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. uh, Nicole was Yoshi and Dan was Donkey Kong. Of course. Uh, so the heavy hitters, all that, because Dan, you know, as we've established, has a fixation with large apes. And <laughs> yeah. uh, I, I, I'm excited to see where this ranking goes for you, Dan, because the ape is in effect. He is fully in effect. <laughs> so he is, he is much smaller effect. than the ape in Rampage. Though. It's true. He is so, smaller and he doesn't turn he into a little a man with underwear. That's he's true. better. He's definitely better dressed. <laughs> definitely better dressed. Yeah. Like we said, like it already feels faster right from the dice rolls and everything like that. And characters seem to move faster. So it's just a small quality of life improvement that I appreciate. It's that annoying uh, Koopa bank that is mm. always uh. there where you walk past and he's like, Hey, make a deposit for five coins and you have no choice. Yeah. It is, it is just financial institutions gone wild. What would happen if real banks did that? Like every time you walked past a real bank, you had to stop and give them some money. Yeah. And be like, like we were taking these very weird routes around town. Yeah. Steve, didn't you cash in on that bank though at some point? Eventually, I did. Yeah, Eventually you... I got like 40 coins out of that thing. Uh, but yeah, me and Woody kind of took turns playing yeah. Waluigi. Yeah, we each played a 10, tur- 10 turns or so. Yeah, yeah. Seven so, turns. So it was yeah, a... we did a 15-turn game. Yeah which I feel like we were definitely sick of it by the end. Like there was discussion at the beginning of like, okay, do you play the 10 turn Mario party or the 15? And I went to bat for 15 because I feel like it's important in all Mario party to be very sick of Mario party by the time you were done with it. Like somehow that seems like part of the party. Yeah. Well, yeah, and, yeah exactly. and I think Nintendo agrees because we had to go to like custom number of uh, like, that's so- true. When you're selecting the number of games, they want you to start at 20, and it goes up to 50. Have, has <laughs> anyone kind of done psychopath? 50 ever? I made that up. I don't remember how far. No, no it, it goes, goes up, up to 50. 50. You're right. <laughs> My God, that'd be like volunteering to play like a day-long game of Monopoly or a Risk or something. <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, 
that just oh, does, it, does it have a suspend? Does it have a suspend fun- function though? Where you, I you, don't recall. Okay. I don't know. I don't know if these early ones did. I think we should do like a, a Twitch live stream of us playing a fifty turn for for charity. Okay. I will okay. do it for charity. There Let we go. Yeah. There, I, I'm not sure we have enough viewers to like actually make any kind of impact for charity. It would just be yeah. us playing fifty torture. hours of Mario Party and then donating to charity ourselves, yeah. which yeah. is like a fine thing to do. But also we could save our. So effort for playing Mario Party. It's true. It's true. You're just always trying to figure out excuses to make us play more Mario Party. Yeah. Which is fair. Rosie's mom would watch and donate yeah, even yeah. if she didn't enjoy That's it. true. That's true. Shout out to Rosie's mom. Shout, uh, shout out to Rosie's mom. <laughs> yeah, she's the best. Um, so we... There are 70 new mini games in here. We we got to unlock a few. Bobby and Boo Wooby <laughs> were how do you pronounce it? Wooby. Yeah. Um they they both kind of did B-Zero a pretty thorough up. Yeah, that B zero B. They they did a pretty thorough job of unlocking everything, but we got to unlock one or two. And um, I will say, like, generally the mini games, I, there were very few that I was like, what the hell is this? Right. Like, again, we'd been playing the GameCube ones lately, and there's a lot there's multiple GameCube ones. Where it literally says in the instructions, press A and choose something. The results are completely random. Yeah. And like that's what it said. And you're like, how how is this still going on in the fifth game? Yeah. Like yeah. there was none of those in the third one. Um, there's the same deal where you play the one there was a weird one v three one where like I was on a hang glider and Dan had to pilot this weird I was, spider. Oh God, that was I, I wanted to ask about ridiculous relay because yeah. I, I was not playing this part, but if you guys could relay your experience of <laughs> ridiculous relay. The controls were insane well, and I did they I were did deliberately not ridiculous. Yeah, it was like Woody's job was to like avoid some bullet bills, and like yeah. our our job was like complicated, like up B well, down guess, B, up I, A I, I guess down we should a. describe for the the viewers. I was uh, if people have seen Wild Wild West, if you recall which the giant have. mechanical spider, which, which I have, do. Of course. Oh yeah. If, if there was a downsized version of the mechanical spider, Don- Donkey Kong was riding on it. And like a little like, water bug. Well, like if you got the Burger King uh, kids meal when Wild Wild West was coming yeah. out. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure yeah. there was a mini version there of that. There had to have been. <laughs> Everyone's favorite. Movie not appropriate for kids. <laughs> not in the least. But or definitely yeah. <laughs> and you're sort of racing against the other player, but they're on a different screen or you're not interacting with them. Yeah. Uh, and you it's like a relay race, uh, except I was going so slow yeah. that we did. I didn't even get to the point where I got to tag off for for Nicole. Yeah. yeah. Uh, because the controls where you go up a down a up B down B, which Not now true. that I say it sounds extremely easy. And yet I it was such a slog. Was, when you're in the in the moment, everyone's like shouting instructions and like it, it's not really clear what's happening and you're watching split screens. Yeah, it gets a little chaotic. Well, that I would say was my biggest criticism of the mini games in general. I didn't have a problem with any specific ones, but I felt like they were not evened out in terms of complexity and length. No. Like mm. some of them we played a battle mini game that was basically slapjack. Um, where yeah. as soon as the matching flower icon was revealed, you had to press A before anyone else did, which was fine, but it was revealed like... On the second the card. The second card, yeah. and then it was like, okay, game's over, and yeah. you're like, wait, well, w- w- the one we had just played before was like score three points doing these things, and so that one took like three minutes, and yeah. the Slapjack one took like 20 seconds. Yeah, yeah. And so it didn't feel well-balanced, or like so many... Then there's ones that are just like tap a really fast and then the very confusing mm-hmm. one of like press up a down a up b down b 
And it just like the complexity wasn't quite evened out between them. Yeah, you guys transitioned from that really simple slapjack one to one where you had to carry those blocks of ice in the very yeah. narrow. Oh, God. Like oh, you had to God. go the back. And, you had to go back and forth three times to get these blocks of ice to make a bridge, and you kept like getting knocked off by fish. And yeah, like, which again was it was, it was a, a longer, it slower minigame. It was a mini frustrating minigame, but it was still kind. I thought it was well thought out. Yeah, um, it was just uh, surprising with yeah. how long it took compared to the other ones. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so some of the highlights of the game that we had, I think, were, uh, yeah, definitely Rosie winning that uh, game guy Hell thing yeah. and, and going into the 300 range. Well, an- another thing that I want to talk about is there's so many different, like, formats of mini games in yeah. this. Like, there's the obvious, the ones that you get at the end of every round where you either play four player, two on two, or one v three. And again, I had no problems with those. But there's also single player item mini games. Like, you land <laughs> yeah. on a certain square. Yeah. And then you have to play this one player game. I think these have been retired yeah. from Mario Party. And I'm guessing that that's because it's no fun to watch a one player mini game. Right. No, but there's not. also these shy guy things where you do the gambling. And then there's dual mini games where you duel against one other person. Right. And then there's battle mini games where you all play but they like take a set amount of coins from everyone and the winner gets from that pot. Right. And it's just like Mario Party is never complicated, but this this is probably the most complicated Mario Party. Oh, definitely. And, and yeah. For that I found it more engaging even though most of these complications have very little impact on the game since they're always just pointless redistribution of coins. Yeah. <laughs> and again, for whatever reason a lot of these features didn't come back, you know, so players just must not have Maybe liked they, it or it just I don't know, maybe maybe Nintendo was reading those low sales figures as something other than it being at the tail end of Nintendo 64's life. And But I don't know. Yeah, a lot of these things, like, I don't think story mode came back. Like, I don't think a lot of the battle minigames came back. It's just, it's always, I mean, I think that Mario Party, who do you guys think the intended audience for Mario Party is? Like, what age group is Nintendo shooting for when they design these games? I mean, I, I have think this never is... understood <laughs> the yeah. appeal of Mario Kart. I think Mario it's Party. like 10 or like, you're 15 and your like nine year old like cousin mm. is there and you're like okay we can do this together or you know like yeah yeah it could be a range I think that's maybe its appeal is like your mom could maybe play Mario Party you know well, it's like the, the lamest your mom joke ever that, your yeah. mom could maybe play Mario Party <laughs> Ooh, yeah snap. No, like, I, it's all part of, like, Nintendo's strategy. They call it the Blue Ocean Strategy. It's just they want to appeal to as many different demographics as possible with one product. So, like, Mario Party, I think, sh- is able to be played by anybody. Because uh, I, I do feel like maybe that there was a sense here that they had overcomplicated things, which I don't, which, again, I found better. But, like, later Mario Parties definitely would simplify a lot of things. And like, I, that kind of hit hit its head in Mario Party 9. Yeah. And they put everyone in the same car. And yeah. And, like, you all yeah. move together. And people don't like that game. No. Um, nope. But it's definitely here. It does feel like it's a little pushback the other way. And I, I do, like, there are too many items here. Sure. But. And you could see, like, because you have to imagine most people who play Mario Party are playing it casually. Like at a party, like you're not, you oh, don't like you hardcore know, if gamers. You have someone in your friend group who does not play, who plays Mario Party, but not casually, who is very cutthroat oh. about Mario Party. I would recommend cutting that person out of your friend group. Yeah, 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 because there's something wrong. It's with over. Them. Yeah, yeah. You you need to be able to take this game uh, on its own merits here. Um, 
So yeah, what, yeah. what were some other highlights, Steve? So Rosie, so highlights Rosie games, became rich. Ro- um, yeah, Rosie became a, a, a coin baroness. <laughs> Yeah, um, yeah. just kind of lording it over everybody. We were all just kind of amazed. Like we saw that 320 coins and we're just like, all right, well, this is done. Yeah, but it does, uh, again, it doesn't <laughs> but matter. It doesn't matter. Because unless she hits the store and hits that magic lamp a bunch of times, mm-hmm. like, there's nothing really to spend those coins on. It's true, yeah. But it may put her in a nice uh, secure position to get any star that she landed in front of. Right, but again, very but, little control over what happens there because we kept hitting these uh, question mark action spaces, oh, yes. which would cause <laughs> the across the board to go by on a little mine cart and sort of push push you in front of it i did love the moment where uh rosie paid the <laughs> minecart guy five coins to take a ride and then she forgot to jump on the cart well they did not make that <laughs> they did not why make would it they clear. do that to me they did not I make it clear five coins. and then yeah. the cart came back and pushed her back where she would have been if she hadn't paid for yeah it, it was exactly. all it was, it, was, it was all confused. There's a big uh, womp that's like laying in the road and you have to feed a poison mushroom to him sometimes to get him to roll over and yeah. get out of your way. Um, it, but, yeah, I mean, this was it was a complicated map in general. Like it had a decent amount of twists and turns and we were continually like looking at the maps being like, what direction do we have to turn? Like it wasn't yeah. very clear sort of where, what intersections you could actually turn on and right. why you would keep going straight because a lot of times Toad just had the star right on the train tracks, but you couldn't turn left onto the tracks. You had to be, you had to go at a very specific intersection. Like a big loop. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's a skeleton key that lets you open up certain Mm -hmm. doors, which I always like hope are going to be really cool. Like it'll take me to like riches, but it's just an area I could have got to normally. Yeah. It's also just an area where like maybe the stars over there, but if you don't happen to have a skeleton key, well, that's it. There's no star for you. Yeah. Just keep going around the map. It is funny when you actually use the skeleton key. He's like really sad. Well, he's like, okay, I guess this is goodbye. Thanks for traveling with me. And you're like, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry I'm destroying you. Uh, I think a standout for me as a spectator was the coin mini game where Dan was driving a speedboat, dragging <clears throat> uh, the other three players yeah. behind on uh, tethers. And the sheer frustration of everyone when they realized they weren't going to be able to grab every coin they wanted. Yeah, and I believe Dan's score on that was 25. And between the th- me, Rosie, and Nicole, we got like six yeah. coins. Yep. So. Just kept driving him through logs. And it just, <laughs> I don't know, the, the anguish in everyone's faces mm. amused me. Um, but yes, yeah, that, that was a fun minigame, I thought. Um, I don't know. Did anybody have a favorite minigame that you encountered or a favorite moment? Well, I, I like that one because that was the majority of the coins I got over the course of 15 <laughs> turns. <laughs> Um, I feel like once I pass the controller off to you about halfway through, you hit a few more mini games that are more my style. Like I really, there was one where you have to stay on a converter conveyor belt platforms and there's like fire on all sides. Oh yeah. I like the ones where you sort of stay on an ever shrinking platform. Yeah. There was one where you jump up and spin on balls to knock other people off. Or where you're uh, creating ripples with a rowboat that can knock oh, yeah, people I, off. Or you could th- there's a snowball fight that I thought was pretty fun. Um, there was a fun one where you like spin a gear and other people have to avoid mm-hmm. the bullet bills. Oh the gear. yeah, that one yeah, was cool. That was no, really again, cool. There was, there were Nicole very, dominated were, that one. Yeah. There were very few mini games that I felt like were like big whiffs. No, yeah, uh, no, which, which is impressive. There yeah. wasn't anything that I'm like, oh, I don't want to play that ever again. The know? other thing I liked a lot about the um, mini games is they all had like a very drastically different graphical style yeah like they mm. they really switched back and forth between multiple things um when, and i feel like generally like this game just looks very good it does which, i think like, yeah i i will push back i do think the character models in this look kind of like Times square versions of mario and friends <laughs> like they look 
the, the proportions are just kind of off and you definitely get the sense that there's like a toad in a costume in there or something. But you say that like, like it's bad, Steve. Oh, no, 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 no. I, no now I really imagine. I hope it Nintendo World. There's like a full size Mario Party room, like this big Ooh. warehouse oh, where shit. you actually walk around these sort of you board and squares and there's a big toad there that is a man in the costume i would love that and then every time you pass by a bank somebody comes out and shakes the literal money out of your <laughs> wallet you know yeah yeah did Just, it sorry i interrupted earlier though did did rosie and do you guys have any mini did any mini games stand out to you or oh man uh no, no we played this I game mean, like two days all, ago it's all yeah, vanished so it's, i know it's all gone. i'm so sorry yeah. that's okay we've we've all been inhaling uh horrible intoxicants for the last couple of days yeah. and, and that's just inside <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh. Yes. um Zing. yeah so i mean you know not really a whole lot else to say about our mario party experience but i do i do agree like i feel like this is one of the better mario party experiences i've had um, I would still say the best one is when I played Mario Party 5 and me and my friend Molly got drunk enough on vodka that we tried to butt stomp my futon and we broke it. Okay. Um, but that's, that that's, also sounds you know, like a college memory. <laughs> that was a very college memory and that was a lot of fun. Uh, but yeah, this, this was a good time. But I also wonder like if it just happened to go our way this time, like well, maybe I like if we does, played Mario Party 2 again, would we like Mario Party 2 more this time? I like think if we that, played that again? that's inevitable of any Mario Party. Yeah. Because it's really going to vary experience to experience. Um, and I do feel like there's some very distinct improvements over 2 here. Like I oh, definitely yeah. remember 2 having a lot more just tap A as fast as you can. And it definitely felt slower. And yeah. The, the introduction of all of those items um, just adds another level of something you feel like you have some kind of control <laughs> and strategy over. Um, and they really they really punted in, I think, Mario Party 5 where they have weird capsules oh, yeah. that you can throw on the ground that only trigger if someone hits them yeah. and are just Bad. a big waste of time. They are. Yeah. They are, absolutely. Um, yeah, well, I think mm. I was probably going to wrap up our Mario Party 3 conversation. we got a couple of letters here, but uh, does anyone else have any final things you want to say about our Mario Party 3? Just that I'm so, so glad that we're done with this series. <laughs> so, well, so I take it, Dan, you did not, you did not enjoy <laughs> this, this experience of Mario Party, even though we're all going around saying we had a nice time. Did you, I, did you, did you not? Oh, no, I did not. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> uh, I, I mean, I, I, I enjoyed I enjoyed sitting in my backyard with my friends. Hmm. Uh, I uh, but I I believe that Mario Kart Mario Party is a fundamentally flawed game that is oh, infuriating. Yeah. And I, I don't understand the appeal. I know Rosie's played a lot of it and, and has it has carved some weird little hole in her heart where she mm-hmm. where it sits. But. Uh, I have, I, I, it confounds me why they keep <laughs> making these games, that why they haven't improved. I don't get it. I see. And my takeaway was like, I think we should probably play two guys to, for a little more comparison. <laughs> so you I'm know. actually trying to play them all, uh, before winter time. Wow. Uh, well, we can still yeah. get outside. I have, well, we I've, still go outside I've and party. skipped around a lot. I think I, I skipped all of the Wii games and all of, well, pretty much everything since GameCube. I've skipped sure. over it's everything. It's not too late, GameCube. Steve. <laughs> oh, I can come back to the fold. Yeah. Um, we, so should we move on to rankings? We do rankings before letters, right? Yeah, we'll do that's, rankings. That's, yeah. That's, 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 that's generally, that's generally how we go. Uh, yeah. So we are ranking every game that we have played. Uh, uh, we are up to 266 games. We are getting so achingly close to the end. It makes me sad. 
Um, so for me, I'll start off. I'm going to say Mario Party 3 is going to be my new number 46. That puts it right above Extreme G and right below Tom and Jerry Fists of Furry. And it does make it the highest rated Mario Party game on my list. Yeah, I had, yeah. A good, I had a good time. I had a good time. It, it, uh, it, this was not a game I was ex- particularly excited about playing. Um, and uh, logistics aside, it just wasn't something that I, I, I could get hyped about. But, sure. um, but I, I really I did have a good time. And it seemed like everybody uh, except Dan was having a good time with it. <laughs> Even so. Dan seemed like he was having a good yeah, time. He just contained yeah. it very well. It's true. He was bottling his rage until the podcast. <laughs> um, I'm gonna, I've been on record in previous episodes being very anti-Mario Party. Um, and I agree with Dan that the premise is often fundamentally flawed. But with that said, I had a very nice time playing Mario Party 3. Yes. Maybe it was just the circumstances of finally getting it together with my friends and just sort of it was just a well-placed game and it felt close um i'm putting it at number 28 which wow. is ahead of banjo tooie damn <laughs> wow okay yeah going for it yeah going going for it i would say you know, i do think that the mario party franchise is an important part of a nintendo 64 collection oh yeah um because it is sort of designed around that four four player mode and it's very very nintendo 64 feeling and i think yeah. this is the best one perfect that's great. How about, uh, let's go to Dan. Um, so here's the thing about my rankings is I've played, it looks like 16 games with you all. Yeah. Um, and for as much as I hate Mario party, both of the other Mario parties that we've played, they're number six and seven or yeah. numbers, uh, uh, five and six. And that's because you've had to play some. Real it's shit. just because there's, you just keep shoveling all this trash at me. Um, so, I mean, I, I no, nowhere special. I'm putting it just above Mario party two, cool. right under Donald duck going quackers. Uh, but I just, I know I said this when we played Mario party two, I really want to make it clear that I'm not rating it highly because it's a good game. I really, really want the listeners to know I did not like this game. I don't like Mario Party. This is a, this is a, this is a protest ranking. It's the best. It's I mean, it's it's definitely better than uh, Triple Play 2000 it's, or Star Wars Apple Episode One Battle for Naboo. What about it's, Mike Pizza Strike Zone? Is it better than that? It's it's the equivalent of a Biden vote right now. You're just yeah. you're holding your nose That's and you're right. be- yeah. voting for the best Mario Party. Yeah, it's it's the vote I make every four years. <laughs> I hold my nose and I say, well, if you're going to hold me back from the abyss, I guess. <laughs> and Rosie, oh how goodness. about you? Well, the, the one my... die in the wool Mario Party fan here. Yes, I mean looking at my list. First of all, I've, I really fucked up somewhere <laughs> along the line, you guys. I stand by Donkey Kong 64 and Banjo-Kazooie as one and two. Yeah. But after that, I don't know. I was <laughs> There was some mistakes made. Okay. Um, Mario Party 3, I do think... I was looking before the podcast at the cost of these games for to like get a GameStop yeah. Yeah. used. And I think Mario Party 1 is something like $50, yeah. 2 is $60, and 3 is 70 yep. Yep. So I was thinking about like those $10 increments. Like in 2, you buy the outfits, which is like obviously worth $10. Sure. And then I was like, in 3, I get uh, Mushroom Cadabra, yep. which you get is tumble. pretty good. You, you get, get tumble. You get that dual mode, which sounds kind of yeah, cool. It from is. Yeah. That, that is clip it, of uh, Steve and Nicole. Which you really it's, heard. And yeah, yeah, you went on a journey. You know, and so I think Mario Party 3 is worth the extra $10 mm. or $20. And wow. it should be in my rankings. Um, 
pretty high. I think I would rather play, like, if I had friends over, I think I'd rather play Mario Party 3 than Snowboard Kids 2. Okay. okay. Yeah, that's fair. So, um, you know what? I feel like for Mario Party, I've already fucked up this list. We're putting it at number three. Oh, nice. my God. Perfect. Perfect. Mario Party 3 under at number three. Under Banjo-Kazooie, above Snowboard Kids 2. Nice. I think I'm okay. with yeah, That That feels about right for, for the yeah. level of enjoyment that we got out of it. Yeah. Um. Perfect. Well, we've got a couple of letters from listeners here. Weirdly, a lot of letters this week about non-Nintendo 64 games, so I'm excited. Well, okay, then. Hey, guys, have you ever played Gladius for the GameCube? I have, actually. Uh, Yes, it's not good. I I just, like, imagine that's the whole letter. Like, have you, quote, have you ever played Gladius, question mark? We just go around in a circle, yes or no, that's it. It's like that scene, yes, no, 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 yes, yeah. Anyway, uh, hi, Woody and Steve. Hi. Hi. The one time somebody didn't sign for guests, and then we have guests here. Uh, my video game history is not very well fleshed out, but to me it always seemed like the Game Boy and the NES were essentially the same system. I may be Disagree. reading into things, but it seems as though the two of you recall the Game Boy and its quantity, quality of games with much less fondness than you do when speaking about the NES. Agree. I may be off base, <laughs> but I'd be interested to know if this is indeed the case, and if so, why? And thanks, that's from Chris. Hi, Chris. Uh, Hi, Chris. That's a, that's a good question. Like, I, I, um, for me, the GameCube, wait, or the game, the Game Boy, excuse me. No, no, yeah, we'll, we'll get back on track. Uh, for me, the Game Boy kind of always functions similarly to the Wii in that they, they are both systems that became so overwhelmingly popular that their libraries just got glutted with garbage. And so like just a, a game being on Game Boy doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be a bad game, but to me, it always felt like the odds are it's going to be a less playable, less enjoyable version of what you could find elsewhere. And like the graphical differences between the NES and GameCube aren't, or Game, Game Boy, Boy aren't huge. <laughs> yeah, there's a very small difference between the GameCube and the NES. Tiny, 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 really tiny talk about GameCube. And yeah, I do, I do. hold himself back. I know, but like the, the graphical differences aren't very uh, distinct, but there does tend to be less oh. playability and just less memorability i don't know yeah right? I, I mean i it's, think that a lot of it spinach green the graphical dif- the differences <laughs> yeah. are pretty significant it's more of a That's pea true. yellow i mean yeah, yeah. i think that a lot of it just comes from the act of playing on that original game boy i don't know i go back and sometimes try to play on that thing i don't know how we did it yeah that screen yeah. is super the game boy is huge but the yeah. screen is super tiny it's super hard to see and like just that loss of color. Like when you think about Mario Brothers, like color is just such an essential yes. part of the game. So to play like Super Mario Land, yeah. which it just feels like not as much of anything. And just like subdued. Mario Land always felt very empty to me. Right? Yes. Like that, it just feels yes. like it's cavernous and kind of like, like it's a fine game. It works fine, but it just feels, it doesn't have the personality. Yeah. It's like when I go back and, you know, I, I play these things on emulate, play a Game Boy game on emulators. I'm like, yeah, I can see how like this is of about the same quality as sure. like an NES game. But they just never quite, you, you know, the sound quality. It's like playing Castlevania on the Game Boy versus on the NES. There's so much lost there in terms of mood and aesthetic. Um, so I don't know. And like I didn't grow up like... I didn't grow up with a original Game Boy as a huge part of my game playing experience. So it was all it was kind of retro even at that point. Yeah. Um, and so like compared to like if I'm very used to Super Nintendo, it really felt like a sort of throwback, even though it was still sort of the 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 handheld system at the time, whereas yeah. playing NES had a fun retro appeal. 
that being nice. said, like uh, I I don't have a very deep not back knowledge of Game Boy games. So yeah. like if anybody knows of any like real sleeper Game Boy games that I should be checking out, please let me know. Because have uh, you heard well, of this game Pokemon? You, what about Tetris? Have you played this game Tetris? <laughs> uh, is that the one with the with the monsters that you catch? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Perfect. There's no yeah, monsters so. in Tetris, Steve. No. Oh, now who's being naive? <laughs> and that, that might have been another problem is I never liked Tetris. Like in general, oh. it was sort of a, like a definitive app for That's all what I the gameplay sure. was. For a lot of people, it was Tetris, just a Tetris machine. Gameplay. Yeah. Well, thank you for the question either way, Chris. Uh, and we, yeah, I'd, we'd, I'd love to hear some uh, yeah, send, sleeper Chris, hits. Send, tell us like the, your, your five Game Boy games that sort of make Game Boy worth playing. Yeah, please. Because there's definitely some I've played that I've thoroughly enjoyed, but uh, uh, others... I don't know. Sometimes it just doesn't. They don't really hold my interest. Yeah. Um, our next letter starts. Dear Steve, Woody, and ghosts. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> ghosts today. <laughs> As always, I love the podcast, and I'm so excited to see you guys finish out the catalog. As the guy who sunk dozens of dozens of hours into uh, Ogre Battle 64, nice. I wanted to know your thoughts on games with multiple endings. <laughs> I know there aren't many games in the N64 that have them, Operation Winback being the only other one that comes to mind. <laughs> I was wondering if you are the kind of players to go back and see the other endings, if you accept the one you've got, if we tend to play only the good guy or the bad guy path, even when we're playing a game over and over. Thanks for the hours of laughs, and that's from Benjamin. Thanks, Benjamin. Good question. Very good. I, I think I tend to be anti-multiple endings. Let me let me back up here a second, mm. Steve, because I am also anti-multiple endings, but tell me, <laughs> what was your opinion on multiple endings when you were playing N64? Like, uh, would you still have been anti I I wonder like if if I had fewer games if I was still in that space where I only had a handful of games and like like I I do remember sinking hours into Mario sixty four just trying to see if Yoshi is actually there or like things like that I think that is sort of a heart of our podcast in general an important thing to bear in mind with any nostalgic uh, discussion is that half of, ostensibly this podcast is about Nintendo sixty four but it's also about the way that we play the way we play games has changed oh, sure. since that time, since we were like teens who had a lot more available time. Right. Or people who own much fewer games. Yeah. Right. Games exactly. Are so it's... much more accessible and people who just had, as a younger person, you just have a lot more patience for boring stuff. Sure. And like now, like Ogre Battle is a good game, but like it's very slow. Yeah. And so to like grind through that now sounds like just a big hassle. Yeah. yeah. To me, as opposed to being, you know, super exciting. Yeah. And, I, 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 I'm very anti So at this point, I'm very anti-multiple endings um, on very long games. Yeah. To me, like, the thing that keeps me playing as a game is, like, really just enjoying the game. Sure. And if I, if I like a game and have enough fun with it, I will play it through a second time and just, like, whether there's a new ending or not and be happy mm -hmm. with it. Yeah. But, like, if there is more content and I feel like, oh, I need to play it again to see that content... Like, I would much rather have a game be more fun and polished and be that what incentivizes me to replay it mm. yeah. versus they're like, oh, you missed this content of seeing the e the bad ending. Yeah, I, I don't, I do, it is always frustrating when you're just saddled with a bad ending. Yeah. Like, and, and that's just kind of I remember Bioshock had one of the worst ones oh, of those. Oh, sure, Because, yeah. like, I was just going around killing little girls. And yeah. Then, oh, gosh. Well, but then, but then the good ending is like incredibly touching and like really sweet. So it's like that's a very huge dynamic. But they don't really tell you. They like playing the game. They don't really tell you what 
is going to be what? That you're yeah. going to be murdering little girls at some point. Oh, right, well, like right. They, they just make it clear that that's the way to get more of that sweet, sweet uh, Adam. Adam. Yeah. 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 Yes. How about you guys? Do you ever play like, do you ever pick the evil path? Like if you have, if you're given a choice. Uh, I sometimes I have a hard time doing it, even in video games. Oh no, no, Same. just kidding. JK, JK, okay. friends. Uh, oh. I play Skyrim a lot, and oh. I oft- often am like the murdery, thieving person. Um, I guess that would be kind of an example, but that's not really like there's not an ending. To I mean, I, I think that that's a good example in the sense that that sort of changes the whole way that the game is played. Sure. Like it's more yes. than just like, hey, this is the same game, but you did this extra stuff, so you get a different ending. Like that's just going to totally change your strategy and the way you yeah. respond to other people and stuff. Yeah. I have a dumb N64 question. Uh, hmm. Is there something with Star Fox where like there's different things that ha- like different endings or am I making that up? There, there are branching paths I in believe, that. Oh, or, yeah. God. And I believe there are different endings. So none of yes. them are all that interesting. Okay. I think that blew my mind. I don't think I knew that till like very recently. I just thought that my only memory of Star Fox was playing it after school on like multiplayer mode. Oh. I had no idea there was like different branching path. Well, I never could make it past the first level. So that'll, <laughs> yeah. that'll explain that. That's but. one of the best things about that game. Cause that's only like a half an hour long game, but mm-hmm. the way that all the paths are so different gives it a lot of replay value. Well, so there, there, that's a good version then, right? That's like, true. You, that is, yeah. that is a good point. But yeah, I think that that is a good version. I think your half an hour game is a good version of that. And your 60 hour ogre battle is not a good version of that. <laughs> well, and also you have to keep in mind, like in the around this period of games when like ogre battle and things were coming out, like these multiple endings were kind of these mythic things, you know, that uh, mm. they, they were kind of these rumor things. Oh, did you hear there's a whole other ending mm. if you collect the jeweled knife at dawn or something like <laughs> I don't know. There's Very all kinds playground of rumor. Like I remember hearing people freaking out about Silent Hill 2 because apparently there was an ending where uh, it's revealed the whole thing is being controlled by a dog. And <laughs> it turns out that is true. Whoa, turns really? out that is true. You they can, stole yeah. the ending from the Mel Gibson Simpsons episode? <laughs> Basically, yeah. At one point you open a door and there's a Shiba Inu at a console <laughs> like in front be. of a bunch of monitors just typing. And that's what's causing all the panic in Silent Hill. <laughs> And it's like completely in Congress, but I feel like if I just stumbled upon that ending just playing through the first time, I would be so pissed because that's like such an emotionally like taxing and involving game. And to end it in such a goofball way like that, I would be pissed. I mean, off. I imagine whatever triggers that ending is something you have to very consciously. Do I'm sure to get there. I, I don't even know exactly, but you can you can look it up on YouTube. Uh, we have two more letters here. Uh Hi, guys. You are trapped on an island with 100 other gamers in their mid-30s. And to escape... (laughs) That that must smell terrible. Uh, And to escape with your life, you must win an upcoming fighting game tournament. There are three games to pick from, and you can only participate in one, with the winner of each able to leave. The games are Dual Heroes, Transformers Beast Wars Trans Metals, War Gods. What game do you pick, and who would you main? Cheers, and that's from Jesse in Perth, Western Australia. That's a great uh, question, Jesse, but you're really expecting us to remember a lot of these characters. I'm I don't remember s- one character from any of those games. I'm struggling to think. Quick I feel Google. like. Quick I mean, for, for me, the most playable of these games is War Gods, right? Yes, like, which was a which was sort of a pseudo 3D Mortal Kombat ripoff. Yeah, which was like a, it was a bad, boring game, but it was easily the most playable of the three because Transformers made me sick and Dual Heroes just infuriated me. Oh, I, okay, wait, um, I have the answer. Okay, what do you got? I would play Transformers because I would be prepared for what was going on 
And I remember that game being very badly balanced. And I oh. believe Optimus Prime has like way better stats than everyone else. Like, That's don't you kind of remember that? Like, yeah, yeah, I would hit you and it would take like a quarter of your health yeah you would hit me with optimus prime and it would take like three times more <laughs> and be like, i think that's the way i yeah. think that's the way you just have to like and if you know that it's gonna make you sick you got you gotta like break you don't eat anything that day yeah I'm so you're prepared for the, the i'm hoping tournament. like somewhere on this island is some dramamine or something yeah. and, like you can you can stomach the visual cacophony that you're looking at long enough to win but yeah i think that's probably a good answer i think war gods i would probably be the one guy yeah, you know the totem guy. Is dual, there a totem dual heroes, guy? I'd be the red one. Yeah, there you yeah. go. <laughs> Wasn't that it? Like they just kind of look like power. They Rangers, did just kind of look like power color- Rangers. Yeah, yeah. And then can, War God. Can we talk about? Can we yeah. talk about how Woody uh, has forgotten that in Transformers Beast Wars Transmetals, it's not Optimus Prime, but Optimus Primal. Ah! Oh, that's we right. Can, we that's can right. talk about that. Op- opti- okay, a- I don't a- have anything a- more to say about primal, it. Probably. Oh, you don't? I thought you wanted to talk about it, Dan. Tell us. Give us your <laughs> TED talk on how I forgot about it. <laughs> All right. We have, uh, so what kind oh, yeah. of hellish existence is that? They Better than the one even, we have. Better than even, the one we have. Okay, they won't would, even let us play Mace. I would take right? a desert <laughs> island with 100 other gamers as long as I could see the sky and breathe the air yeah, right now. Fair. That's my bar is very low. Also, wouldn't that be a weird... That'll be the next Battle Royale game where you all drop onto this island and then you just start playing Duel Heroes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you control the avatar, Twist. but you have to walk to an arcade machine and yeah. play Duel Heroes. Put your quarter up. Yeah, yeah. yeah, exactly. All right, we have one last letter here. Hi, guys. Hi. Uh, while you're aware this, while while I am aware this is the N64 podcast, I'm curious what your experiences are with the Sega Saturn and what you thought of it when it was still alive. Saturn was always a very obscure console to me, as mm-hmm. it was pretty much dead by the time I got into video games via the N64, and it seems like people had barely even heard of it, much less owned the thing. My curiosity slash quarantine boredom has gotten the better of me, and I impulse bought a Saturn with nice. some games on eBay. So now I will finally be able to experience this weirdly forgotten oddity. While you commonly see Sega Master System Genesis or Dreamcast ports and collections, Saturn often gets the shaft. R.I.P. So sad. Anyway, thanks so much for everything you do and keep on keeping on. Very excited to see what you all have planned for the finale. And that's from Dan in Washington, D.C. Thank you, Dan. That's an excellent question. Um, I'm very fond of the Saturn, but I understand like it's one of those systems I don't really go back to because all of the best games are prohibitively expensive unless you want to get like a, a, a rip of it or something. Yeah. But the Saturn is also very, very open to modding. Like you can, you can mod it, and you can port in lots of uh, uh, foreign release games. Over in Japan, it was a much bigger success. I mean, that's that's the world of Sega Saturn now. Is you need you need to find some way around it um, because yeah, many Guardian Guardian Heroes is great. Radiant Silver Gun, Panzer Dragoon Saga. Mm-hmm. You buy these three games, you're like up two grand. Yeah. Um, oh lord. So or down, down, down two grand. I yes. believe you um, need to say correct. <laughs> Um, so yeah, you need to find a way to be able to play either burn discs or, um, you can actually buy about a $200, um, disc emulator at this point. That oh just yeah. Runs a menu of these games, mm-hmm. um, which is the way to do it. Um, I got into Saturn for, I think this same reason of like, I don't know what this thing is and I'm very, it's very mysterious to me. Yeah. Um, about maybe like 15 10, 10, 15 years ago where it was like already dead but it seemed very interesting to me so i kind of jumped the gun on that a little bit yeah um and that did really develop this cool fondness for me and i think that it's sort of experiencing a general moment right now of yeah. people kind of discovering hey this game is really neat and it has all this system's really neat and it has a lot of weird japanesey stuff like if you're into 
if you're into really colorful 2D Japanese games, yeah, like it's it's really good. It's a great platform yeah. for shooters. It's yeah. a great platform for uh, like 2.5D platformers, yeah. um, which are all really fun. I think the famous story about why the Saturn bombed is because they uh, Sega did some focus testing. Some people played the game. They really liked it, and so they made the boneheaded decision to move the release date of the Saturn up like four or five months and neglected to tell any of the vendors. Mm. So they just kind of, Saturn's just kind of appeared in stores while people still had no idea what this thing was. And uh, by that time, like the Nintendo 64 came out, it was much better marketed and uh, it just kind of blew it away. Yeah. But the Saturn has some real interesting stuff, and it's worth it's worth digging in, especially if you like these esoteric kind of games. Yeah, you know? if this is the it, it is fun to get into sort of these alternate histories of gaming that like are things that you never explored because we were just Nintendo kids. Yeah, yeah. Or like Sony kids, and you're like, oh, there's actually this whole other world of what if I was really? I guess you were more of a Sega guy, but like yeah. I wasn't. So like yeah. to go back and play a bunch of Genesis or Dreamcast games. Or Saturn feels very different to me. Yeah. Or like to be like, I'm gonna bust out this Turbo Graphics and see what's there. <laughs> right. But I, I also I don't think I knew anybody who had a Saturn growing up. Like. Yeah. Because... I don't think I've ever seen one in person other than Rosie's old roommate who is insane and collects <laughs> sure consoles. Yeah. Shout out to Jeremy Hatfield. Oh, of yeah. course, yeah, friend, friend, of friend of the show. Jeremy Hatfield. Show. Yeah. Hey, hey Dan, I have two. I have two Saturns, Dan. Yeah. So. yeah. <laughs> I'm borrowing one of them yeah. from you. Yeah. So. <laughs> Yeah, but uh, no, the Saturn's cool. I, I have uh, I have fond memories of Saturn, but we could never do like a Ultra sixty four style version of Saturn games because I do not have that money. Well, we could <laughs> if we were okay going unofficial. That's true. But... If we're okay going unofficial, yeah, it's true. Um, well, that's all the letters this week. Thank you so much, everybody who wrote in. We always love getting those. You can reach us at ultra sixty four podcast at gmail dot com if you want to send anything in. Uh, Thank you so much to our guests today, Dan and Rosie. Thank you so much for being here. Uh, we always Thanks love having, having you on. It's it's always a party when you guys are on <laughs> because Aww. we're making you play Unfortunately. these games. <laughs> Unfortunately. Uh, tune in next week because uh, this one's going to be fun. We are going to be playing uh, the follow-up to one of the biggest games on the Nintendo 64 that's often forgotten. This is 007, The World Is Not Enough, nice. the uh, unofficial sequel to GoldenEye 007. So... I have not played this one at all, um, so I'm, I'm excited to see what what uh, what it's like. To decide whether or not the world is enough. Uh, right is now, that, I'm going to say the no. one the, where the movie he's like uh, windsurfing in a suit. That is uh, Die Another Day. Uh, that's ah. the next movie, but a World Is Not Enough is the one featuring the infamous performance from Denise Richards as oh, awesome. Doctor Christmas Jones, nuclear physicist in short <laughs> shorts. Uh, let us know if that's in the game. Yeah, yes. I wonder how well they're able to like translate her to Nintendo sixty four quality graphics. <laughs> there's a there's a button mashing mini game where you make Christmas come more than once a year, so uh, it's it's very effective, very effective. Worst line in a Bond movie ever. Is that the last line it's in the movie? The last line of the movie. Oh, I thought Christmas only came once a year. It's amazing. <laughs> you know they came up with that joke first. And then, like, right? We need to figure out a way to They the wrote the whole movie around yeah. that joke. Yeah, of course. All right, everybody. Well, we will see you next time for The World Is Not Enough. Good night. Bye, y'all. Bye.